in the USA Network era, we really have to reconfigure what we think of when we think of a post-takeover NXT. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, it's Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your NXT review for November 27th, 2019. If you're listening to this in an audio form and you want to find me on YouTube, search Spaz Phoenix. If you're watching me on YouTube and you want to find me as a podcast, search Spaz Phoenix Podcast on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Castro, Overcast, and hopefully soon, Stitcher. So, before we get into the review, as we always do, let's do a little bit of the house cleaning. I don't have very much house cleaning to talk about, so instead I'll talk about a little bit of information that I found out over the course of the weekend, because it looks like the NXT TakeOver schedule for next year is going to be... It's going to be a little bit different if uh, if the first couple of dates are anything to be... Uh, to be believed. NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2, the pay-per-view that is competing for the title of longest pay-per-view title ever, is taking place Sunday, January 12th at 11.30 a.m. our time. Um, it's going to be good. It's going back to Blackpool. I don't know what's on the card because I haven't watched NXT UK in a bit. Um, interesting to note that for those of you that watch Impact, this is also the same day as Impact's pay-per-view that's apparently called Hard to Kill. I don't know. I think that's the Tessa Blanchard-Sammy Callahan title match, which is interesting enough in and of its own right. Uh, now, in between here, interesting note for me, if you're in the Toronto area, if you're in the Mississauga area, if you're in the GTA at all, come to Destiny Carnage 6. That's happening January 19th at the uh, at the Don Kolov here in Mississauga. That's a side note. We don't really need to focus too much on that right now. The Royal Rumble weekend does not have a takeover. This is where the big change comes in. Instead, they are going back to the Worlds Collide concept, except the Worlds Collide this time around is going to be a live show on the Saturday, Saturday, January 25th. It's going to be NXT versus NXT UK Worlds Collide 2020 as part of Royal Rumble weekend. That's really cool because we're not getting a takeover, but we're still getting a lot of NXT representation in the festivities. Instead... We are getting, as we found out this weekend, NXT TakeOver Portland, Sunday, February 16th. Yes, that's right. Sunday, first NXT TakeOver happening on a Sunday, first NXT TakeOver happening as the sole event of the uh, of the weekend. It's not, you know, attached to something else. Which is really cool. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna see if I can get somebody to collab with me, and we're gonna break down what these changes could mean. But then we go back to what we're used to: Takeover Tampa, Saturday of WrestleMania weekend, as we're more used to with it being attached to a big four pay per view, etc. Um, it's interesting. It's a lot of takeover between now and WrestleMania, much more than we're used to, which is good. Uh, NXT UK is still getting their shows out there, which is good. I'm really interested. And as I say, I'll, I'll branch out on this a little bit more, maybe at another time. I'll be really interested to find out if the Impact fans act the same as the AEW fans when they find out that NXT is doing a pay-per-view on the same day. You know, different part of the world, uh, different time of day, absolutely no competition whatsoever. We know how AEW acted or responded, you know... You can't counter-program this, I think is what uh, Stardust there said. So it'll be interesting to see if the Impact fans take that same purview. And as I say, smack dab in the middle of all that is another Destiny show for me that Enzo is going to be on. Now, I will say, on a side note for that, 
Speaking of Enzo, yes, I'm excited to see Enzo because I'm still a fan of Enzo. Um, Chris Van Vliet, for those of you that watch his interviews or listen to his interviews, I caught the first half of his interview with Enzo today before I started watching NXT. I haven't seen the whole thing. Listen to what he has to say because he's not, he's not, or at least in this interview, he's not the same kind of dick that uh, a lot of people want to paint him to be considering he got screwed over for something that he didn't do at all. It's a lot more cordial and a lot more personable, I guess you could say, than the famous shoot interviews about him uh, done by people like Simon Grimm. Now, I saw Simon Grimm at Destiny as well, and he's a great wrestler, and I'm not going to poo-poo on him, but he, he came off like a dick talking about Enzo, and Enzo's just there, and he's all he's doing is thanking the fans, all he's doing is, and he's not, he doesn't even have, the, you know, the the really, you know, amped up caricature, gravelly voice. He's just talking like a regular, regular dude. I really do recommend it. Now, that's not the interview everybody's talking about this week. The interview everybody's talking about this week is Stone Cold Steve Austin's interview with The Undertaker. Now, I would love to come up and tell you all about that, but I haven't watched that yet. Now, I'm going to switch gears for a second. I'm going to absolutely switch gears for a second out of... Uh, host mode and, and just talk to you guys as I do. I'm going to try to avoid my clipboard there for a second because nothing that I'm about to talk about is written down. So you'll have to bear with me for a second. Now, you guys know, I might not always say it. I, I do appreciate the people that follow this channel that have followed this channel for a long time, but you guys know I will always be honest with you. And a couple weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago or so, somebody, not going not gonna to throw out a name because I'm not, I'm not tossing shit on anybody, Somebody from YWC's past, let's just say, took the time to look me up on Facebook to tell me that I suck and tell me that I haven't gone anywhere and, and whatever. And I took that as the opportunity to, instead instead of ranting about him, he knows who he is, um, I did a very, very long rant for anybody that... Um, for anybody that follows me on Twitter, at SpazPhoenix1, if you're interested. Um, did a very long rant, and it was not about... You know, this guy's a dick, why is he coming after me, da 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 it's, it's more along the lines of, I haven't had YWC drama like this for a long time. And it really turned into, this one guy is a dick, and it made me recognize instead all the good people, all the good things, all the good things that are happening, uh, especially people more recently in my circles sharing my content around and helping me get up off my ass and, and do the podcast thing, uh, all the people at, at Anchor and their tech support team that are great, um, I've said it before, but OKFabe okay, and Joe Cronin who have piped up in my DMs with some advice on sound, apparently the sound is better now, thanks, to, thanks solely to input from people like that, to people that I co-host with, Kristen and I did the uh, the preview for Survivor Series weekend, and Guapo and I are doing the AEW stuff, and I really, I tried in that to take a negative, like, why is this guy being a dick, and instead turn it into, like, hey, this community is really fucking great, and if nothing else, we are not this person. Now, now, I'm trying to do the same thing here, except I'm not going to write it down, because I don't feel like writing it down, and I'm just, I was going to be doing a review tonight anyways. Uh, somebody came up after after Survivor Series weekend. Um, for those of you that don't know, I did do a quite lengthy preview for Takeover and Survivor Series um, with Kristen. We had a good time. I uh, got got a decent response. I mean, my numbers are what they are. Um, one of the things we got into in the middle of it was the whole Jordan Miles situation. In my opinions on the Jordan Miles situation, and you guys know, occasionally when I do a collab, if we go off on a tangent, that's uh, 
that's a sizable enough tangent, I'll, I will clip that audio out and I will re-upload it as what I've started calling an off-the-cuff, which is basically not... Off-the-cuff is basically a catch-all for everything that's not a preview, a review, a special, uh, fantasy booking. Anything that basically doesn't fall into any other category gets, gets categorized as an off-the-cuff. So we did this whole thing. I mean, I know for a fact not everybody's listening to me and Kristen talk about pay-per-views for an hour and 45 minutes or whatever it was. For those of you that do, thank you very much. For those of you that are picking me up as a podcast, thank you very much. But I know not all of you are going to listen to that, that length of a show. But we did get a pretty decent conversation about the Jordan Miles situation. So I clipped it, re-uploaded it as, as its own thing, as you guys will see. It's the video immediately preceding this one. And somebody, who I'm not familiar with, and this is this is no dig. It's just this isn't somebody that I that I uh, interact with very often. But it is somebody that decided to come into my comment section and accuse me of being this, that, and the next thing, and tell me that they were unsubbing. And again, you know, unsubscribe, subscribe. You know, subscribers are what they are in YouTube right now, anyways. But you know, I always find it kind of weird when instead of just unsubscribing, people like feel the need to tell you that they're unsubscribing before. It, it, it would be like you sending a DM to somebody on Facebook to say, hey, I'm deleting you off my Facebook. But I looked at it, and it's like, oh, well, you're this and you're that and you're this. And I was like, well, I'm not, first of all. You accused me of being racist. And I'm not racist. Pointing out one single individual's incredibly immature and toxic behavior is not racism. But it, but it is what it is. And it made me think about you guys once again. And I want to reiterate that, you know, from 10 years ago, and yeah, this channel's been going 10 years, it's pretty small still, 10 years ago I started doing this, 10 years, I started off with a SummerSlam 2010 review, I think, it was a shitty camera, the sound was crap, the colors were all weird and saturated because the camera I was using was really shitty, from there to meeting people in the community, to all the different collaborations I've done from people I don't talk to anymore, like Orton Storm and Delex Man and Preston and John Altman and uh, Ashton, to me getting on and doing the pay-per-view previews, starting with OK Fabe. Uh, originally they were called Tackle. Uh, just this year I changed uh, the Tackle series to the Get Hype series with myself, Guapo, Kristen, um, doing more of the off-the-cuff stuff, and everybody that's come along all along the way, when, when we were doing the pay-per-view pick'em for a little while, when I was doing the Q&As for a little while, I know you guys, a lot of you have been with me, and, and I say a lot, not because I have billions and billions and billions of followers, I am not nearly that delusional, but those of you that are with me are always with me, and I do appreciate that, and I know you guys share my stuff out, and I know you guys interact when I ask you for interaction, and I know you guys, since I've started doing the premieres, you guys have been showing up in the chat, and that's really good, and that's thanks to people like OK Fabe and Jake DeMarco and uh, Joe Cronin and Good Mike Work and Simon Miller. Uh, either sharing my stuff or letting me advertise myself on their channels pretty shamelessly. All of it. And you guys have been with me through all of that, and I appreciate that. And if I didn't have an audience, like you guys, I wouldn't have a reason to come up and do this. But, you're not going to like everything I have to say. I promise you, a good majority of you are not going to like a lot of the things that I say. And I think some of you get that and, and take what you want and leave what you don't want. 
Um, but I can always promise you that no matter how unpopular, I'm always going to give you my real opinion. Um, you know, I've defended Jeff Hardy through all of his different substance abuse issues. I was a, I was a fan of The Miz before it was popular to be a fan of The Miz. I supported, or as much as a fan can support, uh, supported Enzo Amore through the entire Me Too bullshit false accusation that he went through, and that wasn't popular, and I, I've given my opinions on Kofi Kingston as the WWE Champion, and that didn't make me very popular. I've given my opinions on Sasha Banks, and that didn't make me very popular. All these different things. I, I gave my opinion on James Ellsworth and how them using him to do one match with Becky Lynch does not count as WWE opening the doors to intergender wrestling, and I, I wasn't very popular on that. I gave my opinions on John Cena. Wasn't very popular. I gave my opinions on Roman Reigns. Wasn't very popular, and I've given my opinions in the movie sense, I, I, I have gone after feminists and and uh, the way they, they affect movies and, and shit like that. Famously now, I, I refer to the feminist selfie at the end of Endgame, which I think is absolutely ridiculous and obnoxious. I have a lot of opinions that I come up here and I give you guys that I know are not popular. But I'm not going to lie to you guys. It, it's just not something I'm going to do. So you come here... Uh, and again, you guys, I'm, I'm being repetitive, but you guys know this. You guys know that if you come here, you're going to get what I think, and you're going to get a pretty uncensored version of what I think. So if you think that you're going to come to me, and this is not me trying to be a badass, I'm just being honest. If you come to me and tell me that you're leaving, it's going to be one of those, you know, tip of the cap, see you later. If you want to come back and check me out later on, go for it. But it's not going to change my opinion. So when somebody comes up to me, I think you're this, I think you're this, I think you're this, and I'm unsubbing, Cool. I am going to continue to come up here, and I I don't want to. You know, people have accused me of just being a being a shit disturber. It's like no, I I'm a fan of Jeff Hardy. I I am not a fan of things like in our society like what happened to Enzo Amore. I'm not going to automatically like Sasha Banks just because society thinks I should like her because of X Y and Z. And if you don't like that, that's cool. If you want to start a conversation with me, that's cool. If you want to come up to me and tell me that I'm wrong and I'm this and I'm that because you don't agree with me and and tell me that you're unsubbing then i don't know what else to tell you but you're gonna get my opinions on stuff you're gonna get we're gonna go on a lot of divergent tangents and you'll see go back and listen to the SummerSlam preview we went off on a lot of different tangents. we talked about the cm punk stuff we talked about aew a little bit we talked about the jordan miles thing and you guys know by now what i think about that um tonight on nxt we did not have moro ranallo because of the events of this past weekend. I'm not going to get into that here tonight, but I may get into that in a future video. And I guarantee you, some of you guys are going to sort of, you know, quietly nod while I, while I give my two cents. I know some of you are going to disagree with me vehemently, and I know some of you are going to fall right down the middle. But be sure that I'm not going to uh, grab a headline or, or jump on the most popular take. I, uh, I would rather you think I'm an asshole for being honest, then think I'm a good guy for lying to you. And I've taken up way too much of this video talking about this, so we're going to, for those of you watching the video, for those of you not, putting the hat back on, it's the gimmick hat, no gimmicks in that last little tirade. But, yeah, going forward into the review, as I've said, find me on YouTube, we are on the road to 1000, if you want to grab me as a podcast, as I say, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Castro, Overcast, and we are hoping for Stitcher real, real soon. I do appreciate 
those of you that do stick around, even though I'm an asshole, and still support me, even though I'm an asshole. Let's get on to some wrestling. Started off November 27th, NXT, with obviously a video uh, video highlight reel of what happened at TakeOver. It was really cool. The women's match was great. The whole story that went into that, which we can talk about later. The men's match that ended with that wicked, wicked cage spot with uh, Ciampa and Cole was really good. And then the whole roster comes down to the ring to celebrate with the fans with a rapper that I, I don't know who it was. I'm just, I'm just being honest, I don't know who the guy was, but he was singing some sort of rap song about how, we, how we're all back in full sail and we're all winners and it's all wonderful and magical. And it looked, I've never been to full sail, obviously, because I'm stuck up here in Canada, but it looked like a really, really fun party atmosphere for a couple minutes until the Undisputed Era came out and Adam Cole pissed on everybody's parade. And he just, he, he looks at all of them, like, he's really, really disgusting. He says, for the love of God, what are you all doing? You're celebrating like you've done something. We won the weekend for you, so you need to shut up. We are your champions. You should be thanking us. None of you are NXT. The Undisputed Era is NXT. We are the Iron Men of NXT. Fish and O'Reilly are going to defend their titles tonight because that's just what they do. Ciampa and his team from Saturday get up into the ring says you call yourselves the Iron Man, you get your asses kicked at War Games, the War Games was only the beginning, you have all the gold for now, but your um, your dynasty, your, your whatever, it's all going to collapse, your collapse is going to continue, tonight you're going to lose the tag titles, strong, your, your days are numbered with that title, and Goldie, the war is over, daddy won and daddy's home and I don't see anybody else standing in my way. Balor comes out, and it's really kind of cool the way they stage this, because you got the four members of the Undisputed Era up on the ramp. Balor comes out and sort of walks down the center of all of them, just ahead of them on the ramp, and says, well, I'm standing in your way. And Ciampa goes on a bit of a tirade about Balor, and he says, well, you've always said that you don't watch the business, the business watches you. I want the business to watch you tonight, because the prince is about to meet the king. And then... Keith Lee puts a massive hand on Tommaso Ciampa's shoulder and sort of moves him aside a little bit and says, you know what, I have every faith in the world in my buddy Tommaso Ciampa, but right now we've got a tag team match to get into, and that's what they do. Dijak and Keith Lee taking on Fish and O'Reilly. Now, there are people, most of them are AEW fans, that are tearing this apart before the show even started. Now, why do these guys get a tag title match? They're not even a real tag team, whatever. Put it like this. Right? If you look at the team that went to war on uh, on Saturday, with the exception of Kevin Owens, like sub in Matt Riddle for Kevin Owens, but you've got four challengers for four guys holding belts. Ciampa's obviously going for Cole, these two are going to go for the tag titles, and Riddle can go after Strong, I guess. But the problem with it is, is four on four against four champions, it's basically four number one contenders matches all at once. So unless Dijak or Lee was going to go after Roderick Strong's title again, which we've already seen, this this was what you were going to do. And we all know how it's going to go, but um, I don't I don't really get the, the breaking down of this before it even starts, because, I mean, Dijak, he's not my favorite guy, but he's impressive as fuck. Every single person and their mother loves Keith Lee now, including myself. Um, so it, it's it's going to be a good match. It's going to be the triple threat that they had with Strong a couple weeks ago, pl or with um, 
No, that that conversation, that comparison doesn't work at all. Dijak and Lee versus Fish and O'Reilly. All four men brawled. Sorry, they double team Lee. Uh, sorry, there's a double team on Lee by the Undisputed Era. Shoulder tackle, gorilla press slam by Lee out of the ring completely. They get back in the ring and Lee start. Lee and O'Reilly start the match properly. Uh, knuckle, knuckle knockdown by Lee. Strikes by O'Reilly. Kicks by O'Reilly. Knuckle lock takedown by Lee again. Lee works the arm. There's a takedown by Dijak. A rib breaker and a toss. Standing armbar by Dijak. And I lost my stream at this particular point. But I got my stream back as we were in a commercial break. We come back from the commercial break. This is the this is the joy and the wonder of me having to watch this on a stream because WWE can't give us this show live up here in Canada. I will say, once again, the American commercials, and this is not a shot at my American friends, I just don't know how you deal with it. The American commercials are fucking obnoxious. But that is what it is. Ankle lock by O'Reilly as we get back. Now, what's happened in in the midst of all this that I didn't know was that Fish was taken out of the match because O'Reilly landed on his leg and he got injured. He had to get taken out. And so Roderick Strong put himself in the match in his street clothes and the match kept going. And they just sort of said on commentary that they're going by the Freebird rule. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. New Day does it. But we didn't know that this was this was a thing. And yeah, Strong and O'Reilly used to be the champions, but they are not the current like tag team champions of record. So if those same people that were nitpicking this match from happening in the first place want to nitpick that, that's a little more something I could sink my teeth into as far as an argument goes. But yes, anyways, an ankle lock by O'Reilly, a clothesline by Lee for both men, headbutt by Lee, chops by Strong, tossed by Dijak, and a lariat. Strong targets the knee of Dijak, which is great because he's the tall guy. You want to bring him down. Triangle choke by Strong is reversed into a one-arm power palm by Dominic Dijakovic on his one good leg, which is phenomenal. Super kick by Dijak in a series of back elbows. Chop block by Strong. Su springboard suicide somersault senton by Dijak. Not only is that incredibly tough to say, apparently, for me, because words are hard, but it's also Dominic Dijakovic, who's fucking huge and shouldn't be able to do shit like that. Double choke by Dijak. Cole tries to get involved in the match, and Lee catches up to him, like, catches him midway on the rampway as he's trying to come down and get involved, and pounces him into the crowd. Just gone. Like, it wasn't like watching wrestling. It was like watching a GIF in real life, GIF, GIF, however you want to say it, throw that argument down in the comment section below. But the distraction is enough for O'Reilly and Strong to hit the high-low and keep their tag team championships. Now, on the one hand, yes, there is something you can nitpick away at they are not even a tag team, how can they be the number one contenders? Well, the champions that aren't champions just defended the championship so it's bad on both sides it's a little bit messy but the match was really good the um the fact that all four members of the undisputed era are these smaller more more slight guys makes their weaselly heel act so much better especially when they got big bad monsters coming after them like dijack like champa like uh keith lee i don't i know champa's not the biggest dude either but he's a big character if that makes sense and uh it just works like if they were if undisputed era were big built up dudes they could still pull off the same character but it's not 
there's just something to it that they're just a little bit smaller. They're what Vince McMahon would call a vanilla midget, and yet they have literally all the gold except for Shayna Baszler's title, which we're going to talk about a little later on. We recap the women's war games match from Yim getting attacked to Dakota Kai turning on Tegan Knox to Larray and Ripley getting the win in a two-on-four situation, which is phenomenal. Mostly, mostly because Rhea Ripley was the star of Survivor Series weekend. And we're going to talk about that later on. But Larray did her part as well, for sure, because she started off the match. She was in the match the longest. I think she was literally the first person in the cage. They, there was a great story, though. There was a great story throughout all this because you needed Mia Yim to be the sacrificial lamb. You needed uh, Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley to be the believable winners of the two-on-four scenario so that Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox could have their story. It was very, very cool. And, you, I mean, obviously you had really, really oppressive opposition from the other side from the likes of Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai and uh, Kaylee Ray, which was really, really cool. I loved seeing Kaylee Ray representing uh, NXT UK. Uh, it just put a little bit of a different thing in it. It made it more like the men's match where Undisputed Era have all the gold on their side and you had two women's champions on Team Baszler and they still and they still lost. So it was all good. Then we get an interview with Candice backstage. She says, all I've heard about is Dakota Kai and what she did to my friend. Uh, I could still hear her crying and screaming as if it was happening right now, right this minute. She took out somebody that I basically see as a sister, so tonight she's not going to see smiley, happy Candice LeRae. She's going to see a pissed-off big sister because Dakota Kai is taking on Candice LeRae later on tonight. We see a highlight from uh, our WWE.com exclusive of Leo Rush attacking Angel Garza backstage at TakeOver after his match with Isaiah Swerve Scott. Now, First of all, Garza versus Swerve being added to the pre-show was an extra little match that was good. Now, I had a big rant, if you did watch my Survivor Series preview with Kristen, that Leo Rush being branded as the first NXT Cruiserweight Champion, as, as we rebrand him, we rebrand the belt, we rebrand the belt onto NXT, I thought it was a huge huge, gigantic air quotes, missed opportunity not having him defend that title on the show. Then he turned around and defended it the next night at Survivor Series, so part of my argument went away there. But he attacked Angel Garza backstage after TakeOver because of the whole deal when they had their match a couple weeks ago on NXT and he took off his pants in front of Rush's family and it's all very disrespectful and it, 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 it's like it was written on Twitter. Everything's just a little disrespectful, isn't it? Uh, and you figure they're going to have the match right now because it was advertised that Leo Rush was going to be defending his championship tonight against Akira Tozawa. Now, that brings up a whole bunch of whispers of, oh, I thought the, I thought the wild card rule was dead. Whatever. The Cruiserweight Championship lives on NXT. The Cruiserweights are going to go there. Now, that being said as well, um, Rush versus Kalisto versus Tozawa on the Survivor Series pre-show was, was fucking great. You knew he wasn't going to win because it was NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown. They weren't going to take the brand newly minted NXT Cruiserweight Championship and put it on Raw or SmackDown, were they? But it was still a good, good exhibition. It was a lot better than the all the tag teams that aren't champions battle royal because that was pretty, pretty lame. Then, out comes Shane Thorne. 
and I immediately went into that mind space of, okay, this is where the show is going to dip. You know, we got a two hour show now. Every, every show needs to have a little bit of a dip. And I don't say that because Shane Thorne is a, is a bad wrestler. I say that for the exact opposite reason. I want them to do awesome, cool shit with Shane Thorne and they just don't seem to want to, but his opponent was Monsoor who I really like. And they, as he's coming down to the ring, they replay his win in the world's greatest, biggest, widest ever battle royal in Saudi Arabia, and then more recently his win over Cesaro. So they're, they're giving him a little bit of a, a little bit of a nudge in the right direction because they haven't really had Mansoor on here either. We've seen Shane Thorne recently, and they just haven't done much. Mansoor hasn't been on the TV much at all. Uh, but anyways, collar double tie-up, uh, and a takedown by Thorne, springboard snapmare by Monsoor, chops by Thorne, chops by Monsoor, anything you can do, I can do better, you guys know I like that story, standing moonsault, the dropkick, suicide dive by Mansoor that gets caught into a suplex on the floor up the rampway, Shane Thorne's a huge dude, Mansoor is not exactly a huge dude, tossing him up the rampway was a cool little spot, backdrop driver by Thorne, Insiguri by Monsoor, super kick and a suicide dive by Monsoor, gets him back in the ring, hits a neckbreaker on him, and Monsoor gets the win! We see him winning a battle royal, we see him beating Cesaro at a supposed pay-per-view-ish show, and he's beating a main roster guy, and here he is beating Shane Thorne, a guy that's much bigger than himself, and looking pretty cool in the process. Wasn't a big match, wasn't a huge match, wasn't with uh, much pomp and circumstance, but it's really, I like Mansoor. It's just, it's one of those, I take my analy analytical hat off a little bit and just say, here's a guy, I like this guy, they're doing cool things with this guy, he got a win, that's enough for me. You know what else is enough for me? Candice LeRae versus Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai, because she's a heel, has awesome new music, but but that's not even the focus of her entrance. The focus of her entrance, she's coming down, and it's what it's what people do when they turn heel. The first thing they do, the first thing they learn, is they walk to the ring slower. And she's got the same, like, denim jacket on that she's always had on in her entrance, but it's a black denim jacket now, and it's sort of hanging off her shoulders in that, like, not giving a shit kind of way. But the most important thing is you look down to her hand, and she's got her trophy. She's got Tegan Knox's knee brace that she ripped off at war games before she slammed her leg in that cage door. And I will say, I said over and over and over again that I was getting a little bit sick or it was being a little bit it was taking a little bit of advantage of a, of a real life situation. The amount of times they replayed uh, Tegan Knox's injury from the Mae Young Classic when she returned. I thought, I thought it was a little... Uh, Abusive is the wrong word. I thought it was a little like making a story out of somebody's real life suffering. Now, if she's okay with it, then I guess I don't really have a case. But I thought, you know, it's it's getting to be a bit much. It's like the Tommaso Ciampa surgery footage. It's getting to be a bit much. I'm an idiot because that exact same sound, that exact same feeling, that exact same whatever was exactly what they did when she destroyed her leg at TakeOver. So I'll put my hands up way, way, way up, and say, on that one, I was a bit of an idiot, I didn't see this coming. Anyway, we start the match with a trip by LeRae, a low drop kick and some shots to the back. Trip by Kai, anything you can do, I can do better, a drop kick and a suicide dive by LeRae. Step up Sinton by LeRae across the back, corner spears by Kai. LeRae eats the post and then the apron over, she's got her by the hair and by the back of the head, and she's throwing her face into the apron, into the post, back into the apron many, many, many times, punctuating it with a pump kick to the face, and then a second pump kick to the face. Candice LeRae is a bobblehead at this point as we go to commercial break. 
Snake Eyes by Kai as we come back from the commercial break. Kicks to the Leg by Candice LeRae. A little bit of storytelling there. You want to take out my sister's leg, I'll take out your leg. You know what that's like. You've lost two of them. Anyways, Short Power Bomb by Kai. Apron Suplex by LeRae was really dirty. Jabs and Chops by LeRae. A, I cannot read my own writing, guys. I am sorry. Excuse me when I hesitate. Headbutt and a Haluva Kick by Kai. Powerbomb by LeRae. Chiropractor by... The Chiropractor is a pretty fucking move, isn't it? I just... Dakota Kai's Chiropractor, it, it's it's just fucking good. Head Scissors, Gargano Escape by LeRae. Kai bails. Kai, at this point, decides the match does not matter anymore, grabs the knee brace from outside, gives her a shot in the face with the knee brace. The symbolism is all there, and it's wonderful. Shot in the face with her friend's knee brace, freshly ripped off from the pay-per-view on Saturday, and then tosses her into the steps, and then picks her up and tosses her face first into the post, and then tosses her into the steps again. Candice LeRae is Candice LeRagdoll at this point. I'm very, I'm very clever, and I'm very proud of that pun, even though it's not that great. She's laying down on the ground, outside the ring, she goes around, to, <clears throat> Dakota Kai does, goes around to get a steel chair, and at this point, she's chased off by an absolutely livid Rhea Ripley. Now, here's the thing. What they're going to do in the meantime, until they bring back Tegan Knox in a couple of weeks, I'm guessing, is they're going to have her go up against all the other people that she let down, which is Rhea Ripley, which is Candice LeRae, Mia Yim will probably get her hands on her as well. But... <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to have sympathy for the babyface in a match, and when Rhea Ripley gets her hands on Dakota Kai, that's going to be very hard, because Rhea Ripley's going to kill her. Rhea Ripley, Keith Lee, these big, gigantic powerhouse babyfaces that came out of this weekend looking absolutely fucking phenomenal. Rhea Ripley is already a pretty big person, already a pretty tall person. Rhea Ripley, when she walks into full sail, looks ten feet fucking tall. And it's not the last time we saw her tonight. Backstage interview with Champa. Champa talks about his match with Balor tonight, and talks about oh, you know, Balor thinks he made NXT when he was here, but I've made NXT when when I was here, and I made Goldie the best, most important title uh, in all in all of WWE, which is an odd thing to say when he doesn't have the title and he wasn't even in the last title match. So if he's saying that the title is most important right now, he's not the one holding it. So that. It was a great promo, don't get me wrong, but I can nitpick it if I want to. Speaking of Rhea Ripley, we go back to commentary. We They're talking about what Rhea Ripley dis, just did to save Candice LeRae. And then they throw to a massive video package of how things have been going for Rhea Ripley recently. From the build to SummerSlam to War Games itself to or Survivor Series. I said SummerSlam there, didn't I? It's late in the day. The Survivor Series build, the War Games match, and the Survivor Series matches. Now, what I like about this... And this isn't exactly what they pulled from the video, but this is what I want to bring forward. We talk about Baszler leading her horsewomen. We talk about the four horsewomen on the main roster. But in quick succession, in about a week's time, she fought Becky on NXT to a no contest. She pinned Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. She pinned Baszler at War Games. And my personal favorite, she pinned Sasha Banks to win the match at Survivor Series. So she's beaten three of the four horsewomen and one of the three horsewomen in about five days. Rhea Ripley, as I say, stands about 10 feet tall right now. Leo Rush versus Tazawa. Now this is another one, 
I do have to say I'm going to be missing bits of this match because my stream cut out again, but we're going to go with it as we do. Tazawa looks like sort of pissed off, sort of Healy in this match, which is cool because on 205 Live, the last time I watched 205 Live, which was forever ago, he looked like a bit of a goof. Just saying. I'm saying moving up, moving in, moving in the right direction. If he's going heel as well, he, going heel seems to work for everybody. Bailey is a little bit weird, but we see what it did to Dakota Kai, and we definitely see what it did to Finn Balor, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. There's a slow feeling out process, which is kind of neat, except they fought like three days ago, so it is what it is. Shoulder tackle by Tozawa, side headlock and a takedown by Rush, head scissor by Tozawa. There's some chain wrestling to follow. Prolonged. Uh, chain wrestling reversal sequence between the two of them. Boot by Rush, they trade some chops, they trade some elbows on the apron and a running Sinton by Tazawa as we go into commercial break and as we come out of the commercial break, my stream dies, which is wonderful. We come back from my stream dying and there's a back elbow by Rush, a pump kick by Tazawa, an insiguri by Tazawa, a German suplex on the from the apron to the floor by Tazawa and Leo Rush threw himself up the rampway, but just just because that seems to be the theme of what we're doing tonight. We're throwing ourselves and we're throwing other people up the rampway. It's fine. Snap German by Tazawa, a deadlift German to follow. Top rope sent on by Tazawa gets blocked with the knees. Rush gets up as Tazawa is obviously like tending to his back and whatever because a, a falling top rope senton onto somebody's knees and shin bones would fuck your spine up. So Tazawa's not moving for the rest of the match. The rest of the match doesn't account for very much time though. Final hour from one side of the ring, final hour from the other side of the ring, and big surprise, Leo Rush, the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, is still the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. It's all good. Zia Lee and Vanessa Bourne have a match that lasts about five seconds. There's a pretty decent deadlift powerbomb by Lee in this match, and that's about it. The Horsewoman come out to ringside and beat the crap out of Zia Lee, which is, which is wonderful. Zia Lee, I like. Zia Lee is one of those people that's just there, I think, to be a body in matches, which is really weird to see her in a match with Vanessa Bourne, because I sort of see Vanessa Bourne in that, in that role as well. Basically, they come out there to beat up Zia Lee so that Baszler can cut a promo. Baszler's promo basically amounts to I beat the Raw champ and the SmackDown champ in the same night, in the same match. Come at me, bro. That's basically what her promo says. Ripley comes out, stares her down, and says, I'm only here to congratulate you. You did beat the Raw champion. You did beat the SmackDown Women's Champion. You beat them in the same match, even. In the main event, I'm here to congratulate you. But the next time you and I fight, I'm going to beat you, like I did on Saturday, and I'm going to drop you. And then they have this weird, stiff sort of stare down and um, Baszler, Baszler tries to step up to Ripley, but like her promo's not quite, I like Baszler on the mic, but just in this moment, she wasn't, she wasn't really firing once she got face to face with Ripley. She basically said, I've, I've heard all this, all this rigmarole before. I've heard all of this. You're going to come at me. You're going to be the one that's going to take me down, but you're going to be napping or tapping some, sometime soon. Rhea Ripley says, why don't we do it right now? Baszler backs off because she's the heel. And that's it. And then she says, yeah, when we do fight, I'm going to drop you. And then she drops the mic, which is good. We get the announcement that Damian Priest has two broken ribs from War Games. But Damian Priest is also taking on Killian Dane next week. Those are not two pieces of information that should go side by side, in my personal opinion. But it is what it is. Pete Dunne, I guess, is leaving this three-way feud to go off and do better things. Pete Dunne's match with Cole 
at Survivor Series. How fucking good was that match? I'm just saying. Balor versus Ciampa is your main event. And I said this because I am a smart ass and I am an asshole sometimes. I put it out on Twitter. I, what did I say? How did I word it? I, I'm not pulling out my phone to check my own tweet. That's weird. I said, we're getting Balor versus Ciampa tonight. Hey, AEW, I believe you have Bon Jovi versus the Scorpion King. I... If you can't make yourself laugh, what are you even doing in life? Collar and elbow tie and a boot and a snapmare by Balor, a trip and a scissor kick by Balor, chops and a mud hole stomp by Ciampa. Uh, I lost my place again because that's what happens. Back elbow by Ciampa, a suplex and a drop kick by Balor, sleeper by Balor, tosses by Ciampa, back elbow by Ciampa, and a catapult face first into the post as we go to commercial break. It's still, I know we've been doing it for several weeks now, it's still very strange for me to be watching NXT and say as we go to the commercial break. I'm still getting used to it, it's still a thing. Boot by Ciampa, rolling clotheslines and an apron clothesline, running knee by Ciampa, corner chops and a mud hole stomp, sling blade by Balor, dropkick into the guardrail, air raid crash by Ciampa on the floor. Uh, commentary goes crazy talking about the air raid that he did off the cage on Saturday. The air raid that he did on Saturday on Adam Cole was fucking ridiculous. How either one of them are walking is is really, really beyond me. I'm just going to throw that out there. Knee strike and a Project Champa from Champa. A stomp by Balor. Drop kick by Balor. Second rope air raid crash by Champa. Again, hitting the same... I think that's going to... Like, that's going to be his new setup move, isn't it? Isn't it going to be like the air raid crash into the Project Champa or the air raid crash into the fairy tale ending. I love the fairy tale ending. I know it's just a modified pedigree, but it's so fucking good. Cole shows up on the apron. Obviously, he's an interested party. If they had come out at the very last minute and said that this was a number one contenders match, it wouldn't have surprised me at all. Cole shows up on the apron, tossing his belt into the ring. Uh, Balor hits a re not not really a reverse DDT. It looks like sort of a half sling blade, half reverse DDT thing. But point is, he landed it on the belt. And the referee did a cool little thing here because she sees the uh, the belt at the very last minute, but she, in her own mind, makes up the decision that it was, like, accidental contact with a, with a foreign object. So she goes to count the pin. The pin doesn't work. There's a cheap shot from Cole on the outside in 1916 by Balor, and Balor gets the win. Now, as much as I am a fan of Ciampa, as much as I want Ciampa to go on and face Cole at a, at a future pay-per-view, uh, you still can't have Balor lose. This is... They, they made crazy reference to it during this match. This is uh, Finn Balor's first in-ring competition in full sail since his return to NXT. And you knew he was going to win this. And I mean, I know we're all triple threat matched out after Survivor Series and after the last number one contenders match we had, but if we, if we can stretch this out, it's a long way. It's fucking February. If we can stretch this to NXT Portland, the first... Uh, sorry, NXT TakeOver Portland, the first NXT TakeOver that is its own weekend, unattached to any other events. Um, you know, all the focus is on them, there's no next night show, and the triple threat becomes Ciampa versus Balor versus Cole. That's your main event. I don't think that's what we're getting, but that should be your main Maybe throw uh, Gargano in there, make it a four-way, I don't care. Now, the cool thing about this is, because Cole's come down to help Balor again, they both pose over the fallen Ciampa, and again, like Gargano, you shouldn't be confident because nobody knows what the fuck is in Finn Balor's head, 
poses next to Cole only so that he can drop back and hit that weird reverse kick that he does to Cole, lays out Cole. So he's leaving the ring. He's staring back at the ring where Ciampa is down, where Cole is down, where the belt is lying on the ground, and he's smiling like a fucking Cheshire cat. He's smiling like a Jordan Miles t-shirt. Oh, yes. So next week, we're getting Priest versus Dane, which should be interesting. We're going to get the fallout from this. Somebody else that's pissed off at Dakota Kai is going to take on Dakota Kai. Heel turns are the best way to make people love you in wrestling, because wrestling is really, really strange. But yeah, that's it. That was NXT. As I said at the beginning of the video, it's so cool to have the live show now. And that, I think it's why they were able to have a kickoff match at TakeOver because they're not filming the next week's episode of NXT anymore. Therefore, the post-TakeOver NXT episodes now are not just going to be clip shows. So, the era where occasionally I wouldn't even review the NXT after a TakeOver just because it was all, like, recaps and shit is, is done and over with now because you can't go on network TV and just have a clip show. I mean, you could, but nobody would watch. AEW would win that week. Instead, they gave us Balor versus Ciampa on relatively free TV. That's it. It was a really good show. Um, cards on the table. I'm going to, you know, put this up. I'm going to edit it, and I'm going to go watch AEW, because sarcasm aside, I do like AEW as well, but just NXT wins. NXT won at Survivor Series. NXT won the Wednesday Night War last week. NXT continues to win. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Thanks, guys.